Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. What's up, everybody, on the Collider podcast feed? Lots of uh, changes and news for you guys. So if you're listening to this, look, here's how it goes. Movie Talk's pretty easy. Movie Talk, you got Movie Talk five days a week. You got Mailbag on Saturday and Sunday and Afterthoughts, the Collider Afterthoughts with Jay Williams and Snelling. That is also on the Collider Movie Talk feed. Collider Heroes, you got that twice a week. John Schnepp breaking down everything in the latest and greatest in the world of comic book movies. Check that out two days a week. Make sure you subscribe to Collider Heroes. Collider Jedi Council, I am on that every week talking Star Wars. Go to the feed, Collider Jedi Council, and get that. Now, we also have my show, One on One with Christian Harloff. I have long-form interviews with people breaking it down and just having conversations about everything going on in their lives. Go and uh, check that feed out. But the two things I really want to talk to you guys about today are Collider, uh, the Collider Factory. Collider Factory is something where we are, we put all these shows in there for you guys. If you're listening to them, we look at the downloads and we say, wait a minute, maybe eventually this thing can have its own feed. But right now, the three things, we have some great shows in there. If you go to the Collider Factory, we have the Collider.com podcast by Matt Goldberg and Adam Chitwood. Um, the guys from Collider.com have give you their unique takes on the world of film and things going on inside of it. Collider Body Slam. Collider Body Slam is our wrestling podcast. John Roca, Aaron Turner, and special guests come in. Sometimes it's Jay Washington, it's myself, and we break down the world of what's going on in WWE, NXT, other things happening in the world of professional wrestling. That's a really fun show, and that's in Collider Factory. But the big news here Collider Factory is now going to be the home of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. That's right, two days a week, our popular movie trivia show with a hint of the WWE aspect to it. That will be on the Collider Factory feed. Go there, and if you want to get it, do that. And after the, the show, the Schmodown Rundown, Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore will also now live in that feed. So make sure the Collider Factory is your destination for all those fun shows. Last time. Body Slam, Collider.com, The Schmodown, and The Schmodown Rundown, all 
on the Collider Factory feed. It's a lot of fun stuff for you guys to digest on your work, on your ride to work or at the gym. Do it and let the English see you do it. That's from Braveheart. What's up, sweaties? That's right. It's a brand new graphics package. I'm John Schnepp. You're watching episode 238 of Collider Heroes. Fresh, exciting, brand new. We're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? Avengers? Hmm, that's crazy. What else are we going to talk about, John? We're going to talk about a lot of things. Just stay tuned. Look at that new graphic. It's a brand new. Oh, my God. Hey! (laughs) What the hell's going on? It's a brand new. We got a brand new graphic, a new title sequence. Thanks, Mr. Ward. You're a talented freak. Made the whole new package here. Guess who's guess who's here? Brand new people. Just kidding. It's not. It's Robert Meyer. Renat, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, man. It's great to be here. I, I I'm tingling with excitement. This is a big week for all of us. Really? For real? I never I never thought even when Avengers first came out, I never thought I'd be getting Avengers: Infinity War. Man, I'm excited. How many characters do you think are going to be there, Snappy? 158,000. <laughs> Who Amy knows? Amy Dallin is here. What's up, Amy? Hello. This is the actual week. Um, I'm just going to get right out the gate. If you find out what happens in the movie, please do not tweet me. Thank you. Right. Um, <laughs> thank you. We're all in it together, folks. And we get to see the movie in theaters. And you know who you should not tweet as well? Don't che- don't be tweeting on Jason Inman. He doesn't want to hear any right. spoilers. That is right. I am going to take a Twitter vacation. I don't get to see the movie till you guys get to see the movie on Thursday night. Uh, if any of you ruin that Captain America dies, I will find your house. That's right. And he's really good at that stuff. He can like, he has ping abilities. He's got a weird supercomputer. Guess what? Here's a spoiler. Hugh Jackman is in Avengers Infinity War. Wolverine's what? in the movie. Why? No. <laughs> Who knows? I haven't seen the movie yet. But you know what? Like, everyone's got to do... Why are like, you trying to kill us? I know. Hugh Jackman isn't... He's a full spandex. He's like, what's going on? I can't on? wait like, to read that internet article tomorrow. Collider right. Heroes confirms yeah. Hugh Jackman in Hugh Jackman, Avengers Infinity War. He's in the movie, guys. So... We don't know what's happening. We don't even really know the actual storyline of Infinity War, and it comes out in a couple days. Uh, a bunch of people are seeing it tonight. Some people are seeing it tomorrow. Uh, I'm hoping everyone who's watching this show is seeing it on Wednesday night or Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday because uh, we are going to be doing a non-spoilers review. We're going to be doing a full spoilers review. We're going to be getting very sweaty about Avengers Infinity War for probably the next month. <laughs> Easily, even though Deadpool 2 is coming out literally a week and a half after Infinity War, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to talk about that as well. But let's get into Avengers Infinity War. So we've waited 10 years for this movie. No, we've waited our entire lives for this movie. Not just 10 <laughs> years. It di- this didn't start for us when Iron Man 2008 came out. Kids, wake up. You know, this has been a lifelong obsession for all of us here at the table. We're all comic book sweaty. So we've been waiting for this movie forever. And to actually have it happening... Literally, in the next couple of, uh, of days, we're going to see this film. What is your anticipation level? Now, I, for myself, have to just say I've had to trim back. I've had to, what I do with all these movies, I'm going to have to be like, what if it sucks? What if it, mm-hmm. don't expect all, don't expect all these things, Schnapp. I look at myself in the mirror, but don't be an idiot. Don't get too hyped, because you could get disappointed if you imagine all this crazy stuff, even from the trailers. Remember, it's only two and a half hours. It's like not going to cover everything you've ever wanted, and they might do things in the movie that you didn't want. So stop wanting and just see the movie for what it is. That's how I'm trying to approach it, is like, don't think about what the things you want, just accept what they made. Let's start with you, Robert. Anticipation level. uh, The one thing I'm going to not not be sorry about is when my girlfriend stops teasing me about what is this superhero war movie i know you think about it you dream about it it's all in your it's on your mind all the time she just says superhero war movie she knows what it's called 
Right. I can't wait till it's I that's over. That. But you know what I'm really excited about is I think this movie is different than what we think it's going to be. Right. I mean, the idea they've said it's really Thanos' story, and I love that that speech he gives that we've heard snippets of throughout the trailers. You know, run from it, but right. it comes after you because that's what happened to him. You know, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be this tragic character that that had this horrible traumatic event happened to him or or he was led down the primrose path and some bad things happened right and and he's trying to atone for that or make amends for that or trying to put something right and in a way i, I kind of feel like his story is going to sort of mirror tony stark's story mm. in a way maybe i'm projecting but well, I, hey. I think we're going to get a film that that is surprisingly more than just a superhero war movie i certainly hope so i mean I, I think the best villains are the ones that you can empathize with and the ones that actually make sense until they do the thing that you'd never do what do you think amy uh i i i, I think your advice is fantastic in terms of a ritual to go into these experiences with because it's like all right, it won't physically kill me if I'm disappointed in this movie. Let's let's prepare. But like, I can't help. I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> I love how little I know about how the story's going to go down. Uh, I love the possibilities for the story. I am trying hard not to get too married to any particular version of events because whatever it is, it is going to surprise us. And obviously, any possibility they choose leaves all the others on the floor. Right. Uh, but I, I think we have good reason to be excited. This is a very unusual movie-making process. Uh, giant things that took this many pieces to get together don't always pay off. But we have a lot of reasons to think that this one might. Uh, you know, no one. it's difficult to make exceptional movies at this scale, and that will always be true. Mm -hmm. But these folks have a hell of a track record. So, yeah, I'm, I'm crazy excited. Jason? Uh, on a scale of 10, I'm probably at a 9. Because to think about this in terms of comic book fans, this is the first comic book event that is a movie. We've seen the team-ups. We've seen the crossovers. This is the event comic right. book. This is the first one. Like, I'm really excited for, I hope they do it, this shot of like basically imagine the double-page spread. Uh, like it's like every character that's in this movie in one giant shot, just to go make our minds go, a George <gasps> Paris shot. Yes, right. exactly. Yes. Um, I am a little. I'm just like you. I'm trying to measure my expectations because I am a little worried that um, this movie might not live up to my hype, and I don't want to hype myself out of this movie because I want to love this movie. I'm really excited about this movie. I haven't felt this excited about a Marvel movie since Avengers number one. Sure. Um, and. I really think like this battle scene that we have up here on the wall, this Wakanda battle that we've seen in every trailer, I'm kind of thinking the Russo brothers did this to us before. I think this is the airport fight in Civil War. Like I think there's another half hour of this movie oh, yeah. that we have not seen, oh, yeah. and that really gets me excited. For sure. I feel like that scene is the middle of the film. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because like we have only seen, like, and this is the way great trailers are constructed. They're like, here's the trailer teaser. Here's like five, five scenes. The next trailer, the full trailer, not the teaser, takes those five scenes and shows you either the beginning of that scene or the end of that same scene that you just saw in the teaser. The next trailer shows you just a little bit more of those five scenes and maybe adds a sixth and seventh scene. And then the final trailer just adds those seven scenes again, but a little bit more. So I feel like if you look at any of the great trailers that have been cut in the last few years, those are the trailers that I actually love. And you, you've probably heard me complain about, oh, the trailer set, showed too much or ruined this or that. It's because they showed too much and they ruined it. It's like, you know, I don't need a two-minute version of the movie. You already got my money. I don't need mm -hmm. to see a condenso version. Just show me a couple of cool clips that give me a flavor of the film. And that's what I think the Infinity War has been doing. Like you said, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Wakanda is in the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Even if it's at the very end, I still can't wait because it'll have built up for over two and a half oh, hours yeah. to get to that point. So I feel like there's it's really hard at this point. Like we're literally like about 48 to 72 hours. Say what you will about from seeing this movie that we've been talking about for years. We've been talking about this movie for years, Decade. for years, for years. I mean, like, I mean, literally, <laughs> further, yeah. yeah, all these characters like, I wonder if Iron Man's ever going to be everyone's meeting each other. Everyone in 72 hours. Every single character is going to cross over and have coffee and biscuits with each other. It's craziness. Shwarma. Right. So shwarma. So here's, the, here's my question to you. Who dies? Who lives? Jason. Uh, Loki dies. Okay. Very early on in the movie, I predict. Okay. Um, I, I see... I don't think Cap dies in this movie. I think Cap dies in Avengers 4. Okay. Um, and something's going to happen to Tony. I don't know whether this is Tony is permanently injured, that he can't be Iron Man anymore. I don't know if they're going to kill Tony, but something catastrophic is going to happen to Tony. Those are my predictions. All right. Amy? You know I hate this. I know I got to pick stuff. I, I think the guesses about Hawkeye's family are probably dead on, um, but I don't know if it happens in this movie or the next one. Uh, I, I don't love Cap's chances of long-term longevity, uh, but the truth is I... Like, skip me. I don't want to guess because I want every thought to come to me fresh when I'm sitting there weeping my eyes out in the theater. All right, Robert? Well, you know, it, like you said, I don't want to... I've set myself up already. I'm like, I'm so all in on this movie, but I was all in on Age of Ultron, and I thought for sure that one of my favorite comics panels of all time, which a lot of people know, it's from Avengers 22, the Buzak Perez run, when Thor breaks down the door and says... Ultron, we would have words with thee. It's one of the great comic panels of all time. I thought for sure that was going to be in the movie. I was waiting for it. It was not. Right. But I, and I loved Age of Ultron. I've liked it more as the years go by. A lot of people don't, but I do. You're wrong. It's great. I think with this film, you know, I think you're right. I think Loki's probably going to bite it early. I mean, he just doesn't look good in any of the pictures when he has that. Cube. The Tesseract. You know, I've also whatever. thought for story reasons, the, the what perfect way to set up Thanos than having the new villain defeat the first villain. That he oh, set up. Universe. Remember, yeah. Thanos yeah, yeah, set yeah. up Loki to, you know, to yes. run that attack and, and, on and, Avengers. And it goes all the way back to the first Avengers film. I, I think you're probably right. I don't think Cap's going to buy it in this movie. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've set it up to make it look like he is. He's not. Something catastrophic will happen to Tony Stark. I don't know if they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I do think, like you said... Iron Man is not going to be the Iron Man we know at the end of this movie. I think the Vision's probably not going to be the Vision That's anymore. Fair point. Unfortunately, and I love the Vision. What a great hot toy. Um, but I, I think I love Paul Bettany. I think he's probably going to be human. Right. Which might be really interesting when it comes to Scarlet Witch and Vision. My weird hope know. is that they, we somehow get the pure white version of Vision in this movie. The burn like, vision? Like when he's remade. Like he, he's, right. He's like, yeah, he's that's the, John Byrne, West Coast yeah. Avengers. I'm the proto-model. Yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> the ghost version yeah. of Vision. If they make him human, they call him Wonder Man. They've just done the whole thing backwards. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great if Paul Bettany became Wonder Man. I personally think Pepper Potts is going to bite it. So mm-hmm. I don't think Tony Stark is going to die in this in this issue. I don't think Captain America is going to die in this issue. I do think Loki is going to bite it in the first five. Um, but, you know, what about, as, what about Gamora or Nebula? Nope. Neither of them. So. See, I think somebody, part of Thanos' family, someone's going to, uh, probably not Gamora, but I think Nebula could be on the I chopping think, block. I think Thanos brings back the Red Skull. That's what I'm, I'm calling. I think the Red Skull is going to show up in this movie. Uh, for years, I thought Doctor Doom would show up in this movie. So... I'm still not even calling that out. I think there's going to be some nuggets dropped, whether it's Silver Surfer in a post-credit scene. They're going to be setting up some FF flavor. I could be wrong, but I'll be proven wrong in 72 hours. So I'm cool with saying that stuff. Um, so 
what do you think? Can this movie survive the hype? I mean, this hype is many years now with the public general globe. Everyone's like, oh, I like these Avengers movies. So everyone's like, the whole planet is excited about this film. It looks like it's going to break $300 million opening weekend. It's, a, it's just absorbing money. It just can't stop eating the money. But how does it survive? Like, everyone's like, well, what's this Avengers for? They're keeping, they're like, you're not going to find out about Avengers. So Foggy was just saying, look, Hall H, San Diego Comic-Con, hope to see you there. I've got a table there. It'll be fun to sweat it out. But guess what? There's no Marvel panel at Hall H. They were like, look, we don't even have anything to say. We're not saying anything. We won't even be there. We might give out a Captain Marvel pin. But there's no, there's no Hall H Marvel thing. So, DC, this is your big chance. Buck up, son. Get some of that flavor in there. I want to see some Aquaman. I want to see some Shazam. I want to see Batman and all these other things that you've been promising. Get on it because now your big competition is not going to be there to take all that flavor. I'm a little bummed, but at the same time, I get it because Ant-Man and the Wasp come out like a week after San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is months and months away, and then it's Avengers 4, and Feige specifically said, we're not going to talk about anything else for months, because you need to soak in Avengers Infinity War. Whatever kind of devastation, I might be in a fetal position crying for a month, (laughs) might not even be on here, so it's a damage, I might have a heart attack. Who knows what's going to happen in this theater? But uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Can it survive the hype, Jason? Um, the only way this movie doesn't survive the hype is if it is just a train wreck, which I really, really doubt from the Russo brothers, <laughs> the guys that have given us two of the best MCU films that we've ever had. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the only way this movie doesn't live up to the hype is if we see the trailer, the movie starts, we see the trailers like we've already seen, right. it just stops at five minutes in, and it's a bad like shadow puppet show of the whole story. <laughs> That's the only way. I would still love that. I think I would be like, they've it's done like, something the story, amazing. The story I, yeah. of Thanos. Blah, 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 when they went to the yeah, sock I mean, puppets, it was just shadow puppets. Then sock cleaner. And then it's a commercial for Marvel sock puppets. You know? yep. I would immediately go out and buy them, I think. I, that's how much I've been... No, it's gonna. This, yeah. There's no way. They've been building this so much and, and especially like what you're talking about like feige keeps changing his mind like we all and the last time i was on the show we all talked about like how we thought we were going to learn the title of avengers 4 in the ed credits because yeah. they'll be like the avengers will turn in avengers whatever um and now feige's saying that like he's like well we're not going to reveal the end title like he keeps changing his mind right i think we'll i think we're going to get the title of the movie i think that's all we'll get but right. i think we'll get the title of the movie. i don't think they're going to hold that on us um because you know we we had that movie in a year sure but um there's no way this movie doesn't live up to the hype unless it's just catastrophically bad, which I don't predict to be. Right. Everybody's dead, and it's just coming back, new Avengers. You'd be like, who could they be? What do you yeah. think, Amy? I think that certainly there's, there's a huge audience out there, and some folks are, like, giant evented out. It's a thing we see in comic books. People get event mm-hmm. fatigue. Uh, I think that they are going to probably be outnumbered by the folks either one back or, like, I think it's going to be spectacular. I think certain individuals out there are going to be like, if you were already tired of Avengers, I don't know if it's going to change your mind. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know a lot about you because I'm super not tired of Avengers. So I have to put myself in a whole different mental place to even figure that out. So you're not siding with James Cameron. Well, (laughs) you know, he's allowed to have his own opinion. And people are allowed to have their own opinion. And there's going to be articles all weekend when people are like, so sick of all this Avengers excitement. And I feel bad for folks. When are we going to have fatigue? I, I feel bad for folks who genuinely are like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about this but boy am i super not in that place yeah i'm not in that place either and uh i wanted to touch on that james Cameron quote i don't know if you heard about it. a lot of people were 
commenting on it, and I just felt like I was like kind of felt bad for the guy because it sounds like it was like eating a bitter pill. He should just, just not like, give interviews anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just because he comes off as like he comes off as a dick, man. It's like, look, dude, you're you're making nothing but sequels. I mean, you're four talking Avatar about, movies and three Terminator. But what I'm saying is, his perfect response. It was. It was a perfect response. He was like, oh, great, he loves Marvel movies. No, that's awesome. He said that. That yeah, was in the statement. He said that, and that's why Feige's so awesome, and and why Cameron's got to take a little break there when he's like, come on, guys, come on. It's like. Watch the movies, man. Maybe it's not about like you know people with no families with no stakes. It's like it feels like he's like just looking at a trailer and not watching the films, or just jealous. I mean, that's what it comes off as. It doesn't come off as an informed, intelligent man talking about other people's films. I feel like what with me with the the idea of fatigue. I'm like, look, Marcus and McFeely are like incredible writers. Like you said, like they did two films with the Russo brothers. So it's not just those two people. And it's the two writers and Feige. It's like a it's a, a group mind think of like how are we going to make these amazing films? And then they like assign it out to different writers and directors. And I feel like this is the core team. The Russo brothers are not done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They just as much said so. They're like, no, we got some other things that we want to see how that shakes out. Fantastic Four, what's up, son? What do you think? Well, I, look, <laughs> I, I, as I've I've, I've I've I said, I was all in. I think the only the only way this movie could disappoint is if it's simply ordinary. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's gonna. You'll see, and you'll be like, "That was good." You know, that would be the worst thing right. about it is that it's only going to be good. Now, look, I don't think it's going to be some life changing. I will feel the the aura of God swimming over me when I walk out of the theater. I don't believe that's going to happen. I, I think if I feel that I have an emotional investment and I, I'm touched mm-hmm. in some way on an emotional level, not just the airport battle, but I want to actually feel real emotion in this film. I don't know. What that means, I don't know if I'm going to feel sadness, if I'm going to feel, yeah, I'm going to feel, but I want to feel something. Right. I want to, I want this comic book movie to make me feel the way I felt when I saw Return of the King. I didn't care it ended 45 times. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when they go off to the Grey Havens, man, I was bawling like a baby. You know, you feel like you went on this journey for over three years, three holiday seasons to get to that end. And it was so satisfying. And it was a fantasy movie. You know, it was about little people with big feet. I mean, I right. loved it. It was so resonant emotionally that's what i want from this movie i want a superhero movie to lead up the, and they know that kevin feige knows that he yep. knows and i think that we're going to get like you said this is the third part of the russo's trilogy they began in winter soldier it went to civil war now we're going to see this so it, two it's, movies this and avengers four they got four right exactly they go out I, in the I, quadrant I, I, I think that this this is it this is them this is kevin feige just hanging back and he's been cool he hasn't come out and said we've got king kong He's just like, wait and see. All right, I, so let's... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to get the opinion of the panel here because Amy's idea of event fatigue kind of sparked a question in my mind. Is there a possibility that Avengers Infinity War 3 and 4, whatever it's called, is so amazing, so fantastical, all this stuff like that, that Marvel never touches this level again? Like, like what if we see this movie and then every Marvel movie pass that we're just like, all right. I don't know. Because I mean, it never matches well, this intensity. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, can, can, I'm just. I'm, 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 I, no, know, but that's a good question. We're, we're talking about the hype. Here. Can this movie survive the hype? Can this movie, once the hype is over, the hype is real. We're all hyped. Yeah. The hype is there. I'm saying this movie million. blows our so, faces off. Yeah, yeah, everybody's faces. They're like trying to reconstruct it for a year, and then Avengers Four happens. Faces blown off again. Mm-hmm. So we have two movies back to back. Faces blown off. Yeah. Surgery. There's a lot of surgeons. A lot of business happening. Um, 
What happens after that? <laughs> Avengers five? It's like, what is it? Just one dude? Like, let me whisper a story about the Avengers. What yeah. could they possibly do? It's new do? Captain America. Well, I think what they do is they go cosmic, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're going to talk about. I think how Feige has constructed this incredible storyline of Avengers three and four. However, we go. Guess what happens in between? We get Captain Marvel, and what is Captain Marvel if not the bridge between Earth? And Guardians of the Galaxy, the bridge between Earth and the Fantastic Four and most of their characters like Galactus and Silver Surfer, the bridge between the Eternals, which actually Kevin Feige said is in active development, and <laughs> Nova, which has immediate potential. What does that mean? Hmm, I gotta think about that. What does that mean? That means Nova's part of phase four. Come on. I mean, I don't have to spell this stuff out. The rest for you. of the Nova Corps might be gone. Yeah, we remember that stone is at Nova Corps. Watch the movie. So check it out. So and then now he's talking about Moon Knight. Like, literally, he's like, oh, Moon Knight, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for the cinematic universe. We haven't decided yet. We've got a plan for the next, like, 10 to 15 years, of which we're looking at this plan that he's talking about the next five years. We're in it right now. So he's talking about we've had these things planned out. So Phase 4 is going to incorporate so many movies, at the very least, 15 movies, maybe 10 movies at the, at the very least. X-Men's one of them. Fantastic Four is one of them. Um, probably... Nova is most immediate act in active development. Uh, Eternals are in active development. New- Moon Knight is Marvel's Batman. I mean, there's literally so many characters that have n- not even been touched yet, let alone script. It's like we've got the introduction to the entire Eternals world. We talked about Eternals last week, and lo and behold, Kevin Feige's like, oh, yeah, we're working on that. Well, it's not rocket science. We just happen to be very informed because we read comics, and we also watch things. Like the Celestials were dropped in Guardians of the Galaxy, the very first one, which is a clue that the Eternals exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that's what the Celestials are. What are your thoughts, Robert? Let's start with you and Moon Knight and Eternals and Nova and what the hell's going on. Well, I think, look, the only way to go is to contract. Once you've gone big, you go back and you regroup. It's mm-hmm. kind of like I use the Bond example. Mm-hmm. You know, James Bond in the 70s, you had Spy Love Me, which was a gigantic epic film, and then Moonraker was even bigger, right. and James Bond goes to space. Well, after James Bond goes to space, what do they do? They pulled back and they made went, it better, James they, Bond, because well, Moonraker was horrible. Well, they went to Free Your Eyes. I'm a big yeah. supporter and apologist for Moonraker. It's goofy, but but they made Free Your Eyes Only, which yeah. was a which stripped, was amazing. Down, stripped down, back to basics spy story that ends on a, the rock. You know, they go up to a, a, a monk's whatever it's called. You know, that was where it ended. Mm-hmm. They're climbing a rock. I mean, they were in space and then they went back. So I think with the characters, what they've got to do is go back to the core of what Marvel does is the characters themselves. And they're going to go back and we're going to see individual stories that build the characters that are going to do what they did. They gave us Iron Man. I think that even though Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be in Captain Marvel, we're going to see a character, we're going to see Carol Danvers developed as a three-dimensional human being, and you're going to love her by the end of the movie. Right. And it's not going to be relying upon crossovers with Mm -hmm. everyone else. And they're going to do that. Ant-Man and the Wasp, same thing. We're going to go back, literally contract into the microverse. Right. Or whatever we're going to call it. You know, we're and and it's going to be a family saga, you know, about people we love. Not on some massive scale, the way, you know, the first Ant-Man was not. It it, its climax takes place in a little girl's bedroom on a train set. Which was amazing. And that's (laughs) what we're going to see. And we're going to see them building again, building up these characters, these new characters that we're going to love they don't have the pantheon of heavy hitters anymore. 
Right. You know, they don't have uh, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, so they're going to have to give us these characters that they're going to make you love. And right. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I like what you said. I don't like comparing Avengers Infinity War to Moonraker, but I get what you're trying to say. What you're <laughs> saying, you're not comparing it to Moon. Like, Avengers 4 better not be Moonraker, is all I can say. <laughs> no, or Avengers Infinity War maybe better that's not the be subtitle, Moonraker. Avengers, Avengers Moonraker. Avengers, Avengers Moonraker is the fourth Avengers. <laughs> Thanos like, is up there, you know, yeah. actually He's got like a mood. 3D Richard Keel behind the him. The Avengers will return an octopus age. That's right. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, we know phase four. We've predicted this for over a year. I love to say that we were on the, on the very tip of the, of the iceberg, but we knew Avengers phase four was going to be fantastic for go back in time and look at some of those older heroes with the older graphics packages and not this brand new blue look that we've been rocking. We had the green look just starting last week, but you know, we were yellow when we were AMC. So we're like constantly changing colors, but you know what? <laughs> colors has nothing like, to do with is it. Is that a green lantern thing? It was. Different I, wanted, I did want to make a special shout out to the guy in Poland who made my shirt. I'm always constantly looking for cool shirts. And I was like, battle beyond the stars is a, Pretty bad B movie, but an awesome B movie at the same bad. time. Bad, it's great. It's cheesy and shitty, but I love it. I gotta say, John Sales. I know it's fantastic. James Cameron effects. I got this T-shirt from a dude in Poland who rocked it. I bought it, and it showed up. Sometimes you get stuff on eBay, and you're like, I don't know if this is ever gonna show up, you know. <laughs> but it showed up, so thank you. And you're rocking some uh, Whalen Utani action right well, there. Well, my last exit to nowhere, the greatest geek shirts. They just continually rocking it. First time I ever saw one, they actually had the logo of the TV station. Oh, of yeah. Dawn of the Dead, yes. WGON. Ooh. Simon Pegg was wearing it in an issue of Geek yeah. Magazine. In I'm fact, like, I've, I've ordered T-shirts from them because they, they specialize in making the logos from movies that you're like, only a true sweaty would want to like have like Civic TV, which is like, I got that. I was like, I can't even believe someone made that. From Videodrome. Yes, from Videodrome. Had to have that. So it's only the deep cut sweaties like Robert who would even know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> what shirts are you rocking? I just want to see those shirts for oh. a second. Some, some T-Fury nonsense, I think. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Science Your Progress goes boink. That's right. Yeah. Mine is the Abbey Road from the Abbey Road Studios. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, the Beatles, uh, I'm very excited about the Yellow Submarine news that'll be coming very soon. <laughs> so um, hopefully... We, Yellow Submarine's probably in Avengers Infinity War, too. Uh, they probably, there might be a quick shot of the Nowhere Man the in the background. The Blue are probably in that I movie. I know. The Blue Meanies <laughs> should be in that movie. That Those big tall dudes dropping Apple Jacks. Like, what's going on? So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that would be the biggest twist of Avengers 4. If, like, the Beatles show up. Right. Like, Hello, boys. That's right. <laughs> that's Avengers 4. It's the return of the Fab Four. That's right. Well, you know what? The Fab Four are going to be part of Phase 4, and it's Fantastic Four, and I'm calling it right now. I think the Russo brothers are going to be taking on the Fantastic Four as directing teams. I think Marcus and McFeely have already written a script because they're sweaties, and that's what I want. I don't care if I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. Let's move on because we can't talk about Avengers Infinity War anymore. We have to move on to Deadpool 2. That trailer dropped, and now I'm a giant fan of Peter and that hang gliding scene. <laughs> I almost pissed my pants. I mean, this, this movie is so funny. Just the trailers alone sold me, and like every trailer gets funnier and funnier. I mean, hats off to Ryan Reynolds for taking something that he believed in, that he was casting, that he fought for, that he was in Wolverine Origins, a crappy version of a film of that character, and he fought to get that character and to, to play that character. Even after playing Green Lantern, he got to do Deadpool, and then he came through for all of us fans who wanted to see that movie, and he got that character like what we got when we saw that character breaking the fourth wall in the comic books. He was able to translate that with Tim Miller, an incredibly dedicated team to make the very first Deadpool. We all saw it. We loved it. So happy to see that Deadpool 2 not only exists, that they've brought in all these other characters, Domino, Cable. You're like, how crowded is this going to get? Well, obviously not crowded enough because this trailer, I just want more. I cannot wait to see more. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about Peter 
because we thought, you know, it's Peter Wisdom. Let's just, you know, for sweaties. What? Don't, I, see, I, argue, I argue against I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to say it's Peter Wisdom, and that's what I'm going to fight for. I think that's who it is. He's an agent. He's a secret agent. We're going to find out if that's actually him or not. But what are your thoughts about the trailer? So you're watching the second trailer. Tons of new footage. They actually give you what the story is about. we got to fight to protect this kid from Cable, who's coming to get him. That's why X-Force is formed. Let's start with you, Amy. What are your thoughts on this new Deadpool trailer? They have me. I, like, I've been sort of like, I don't know if you can repeat the, the, the things that worked in Deadpool. Uh, I, my big questions have been whether this will be sort of like fun but kind of fall aparty or like fun but successfully reproduce the like, I can't believe how much I'm enjoying this. I can't right. believe how much I care about this character. Uh, and like the heart that that first movie had was so important. But it seems like they were like, we're going to put a kid in danger. We'll just start there. Like right. the danger of Deadpool being sort of mean-spirited and all of the, the, the like, cause there's been a million Deadpool runs, and some right. of them work and some of them work less. Um, and some of them are funny, but nothing else, and some of them are funny and work on other levels. Right. Um, and it, like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to assume anything until I'm sitting in the theater, but, like, it's looking good for this movie, and this trailer was really funny, and I like the supporting cast, and, like, the, the Domino intro looks great. I can't. You've just blown my mind with the Pete Wisdom thing. I love that Shatterstar is real, and this movie might not be afraid <laughs> yeah. to like make him Shatterstar. Uh, Zeitgeist is real. Remember, I called that like right when we saw like just saw a yellow mask. I was like Zeitgeist. I was wrong about a lot of other things, but I'm happy I was right about Zeitgeist. <laughs> it's not about being right or wrong. I agree with you. This movie has to have that heart. So the trailer. It's got the laughs. I'm 100% in right now. I'm hoping that that movie, when it's released, actually has the storyline that pulls me in to care about all of those characters, not just Deadpool or that kid, but also Cable and his mission and Domino. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are is this, this is the trailer that sold me on Cable. Like that, I, I, I was coming to this movie because of Cable. I love Cable. I, I think Nathaniel Summers is one of the best X-Men characters of all time. And, I, and to be honest with you, I was a little mixed about Josh Brolin playing Cable. I was like, right, I don't know if he's going to be pulled off. This trailer... Really? completely flipped my lid on this. Um, it's interesting that this trailer has given us the idea that Cable's the villain of this movie, which I think is a great way to introduce him. And I think, of course, we'll get that last act twist where we'll find out, no, he's actually the hero, and we'll find out that there's another real villain of it. But also, seeing all the characters in this movie, especially Shatterstar, holy God, right? um, <laughs> really sets up that we could have an X-Force movie right. led by Cable as the next movie, and this is an exciting time. I don't think he's Pete Wisdom. I just think he's a joke called Pete. Okay. What do you think? You know, I wasn't feeling this movie. I, I, I thought all of the trailers up until now and the promotional material was sort of a letdown, especially from the first Deadpool, which I thought the marketing was genius. Mm -hmm. It all seemed very self-indulgent. The Bob Ross thing, the playing with the... It seemed like, like Ryan Reynolds had sort of taken over, the, at least from my perception of it. And I thought maybe that has a little bit to do with these reshoots. It was a little too self-indulgent, the comedy. I hate it when, when the second part of movies like that... Like, I love Ted, mm -hmm. the Ted, talking mm -hmm. Teddy Bear sure. movie. I hated Ted 2. Sure. I thought... It, it, I did not believe anymore. And this trailer was exactly what I was hoping the movie was going to be. Because the humor, there's some really, really funny humor. Like when Domino's explaining, I'm lucky. Yeah. Well, that's not cinematic. As this car is flipping over the top of her head. That's the kind of earned humor that I, that I really like. Yeah. And everything in this, when they're talking about the super team and you're, you meet Chatterstar. Right. When, I couldn't believe yeah. that. I mean, I hope Chatterstar would be there. I love Chatterstar. I mean, Chatterstar, 
Dumbest name in comics. I love you, Rob Liefeld, but Shatterstar? Like, how do you even talk to somebody? What's your name? How Shatterstar. Shatterstar inherently dumber than Skywalker? Yeah, it's not We're dumb. But Skywalker's Skywalker. a last Domino, name. Domino, Cable, all these names are kind of dumb. It's more than helmet. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, I just... I, I, it Rob so... Liefeld, we love Shatterstar. And Rob Liefeld's going to be on the show in a week or two. So I, I mean, and he's, been a, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Nobody makes me laugh in comics harder than Rob Liefeld does the pouch for a number of is, I want to see the cinematic version of The Pouch, and we're going to like pitch him an entire movie in a week. Can but, I... Uh, no, no. Just, uh, I, like, I can't... I want to take a moment to appreciate having arrived at this point, because I am... I, like, I don't have the footage on hand, but I'm pretty sure I am on tape go, dead set against the idea of introducing X-Force in a Deadpool movie. I would never have thought that that would work out because I love the X-Men and they're precious right. to me and I was like, I want them to be taken seriously. But it turns out this was how we needed to go in order for us to enjoy the full fun and scope of superheroes, which is crazy. Right. Uh, so, like, I, I just, I want that on record of like, wow, here we are at this point where I'm like, yes, I loved the trailer for Deadpool 2 that is introducing X-Force. I, I'm glad you said that because you know what? There's been so many different iterations of X Force, including my favorite run, which is the Pete Milligan, Mike Allred yes. X Force, which yep. became Ecstatics. And that's what, for myself, I got that little, oh my God, Zeitgeist. Like, there's little, there's characters throughout all of X Force's entire run, just in that book alone, that I think cinematically can translate. So I feel like. You know, Ryan Reynolds is, is, you know, he's in charge of this franchise right now, and he's making a lot of these decisions. Along with the writers, I'm sure they put a bunch of characters up on the wall, and they're like, oh, I want that guy from that world. And, that, you know, they're picking and choosing what storylines are they going to use from the comic books? What are they going to use? What are they going to meld together? How are they going to introduce bits and pieces? Now, we've got Deadpool 2 is coming out. We're all going to see this movie in about two weeks. We've heard about an X-Force movie. That there's a writer-director assigned to it. Roka, who's the writer-director on X-Force again? He's uh, from Cabin in the Woods. What's his name? Oh, uh, Josh No, no, no. <laughs> Drew Goddard? Drew Goddard, thank yeah. you. So Drew Goddard. Yeah, Drew Goddard. I forgot that was yeah. a thing. A lot of people forgot. I had, it took me a minute, too. I was like, oh, that's right. He was doing Sinister Six, and he got screwed on that. Yeah. Now he's doing this, which, I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of... he's in a Daredevil? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, of course, Daredevil. So, so Drew Goddard is, like, writing and directing X-Force up until this Fox merger happened. And now we're hearing about, you know, which we're going to move right into Dark Phoenix in a second. But I want to ask about Deadpool and X-Force moving forward in the MCU, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As of 219, it's over for Fox. Like, X-Men Dark Phoenix is supposedly the last film coming out of Fox. And we're going to get into that, uh, what the ramifications for the other films mean. But with Deadpool and X-Force not only being... Possibly, I mean, look, it's it's outselling any film pre-sales R-rated ever, Deadpool 2. It's the number one film right now in pre-sales ever for R-rated films. So we don't know what that means as far as when it actually comes out. Is it going to beat the original box office of Deadpool, 134 million? Is it going to beat that? I don't know. I'm not a big I don't care that much about the box office. I'm not making money off the box office, so it doesn't matter to me. I just, as long as it's a good film, that's what I care about, and that enough people see it so I can see a second film, that's me. So what are your thoughts about Deadpool? And more, more importantly, X-Force. Now, I could see them saying, look, as a special caveat, because Ryan Reynolds is awesome, we're, you know, we're taking the X-Men, we're taking the Fantastic Four, they're getting into the MCU, but we're going to keep the Fox Dangleverse, or whatever you want to call it, whatever is left over. The Dangleverse? Yeah, the Dangleverse. <laughs> I just came up with wow. it. Wow. So, <laughs> it's the leftovers. Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever How does it is. Marvel pay you now? What, what are they pay you Mar in? Marvel's paying me in croutons, baby. Croutons. So, <laughs> you know, so what do you think? Deadpool 3, <laughs> is it going to happen? Let's start with you, Robert. 
Deadpool 3 yes. in the, in the I, Marvel I think Universe? It, I think it's pretty much uh, no. It's not going to be in the Marvel Universe. I, I think Deadpool 3 will happen. They'll, they'll round out the trilogy. There's too much money to be made. Whenever there's money happening, there's money to be made. And by the way, if one character can make a transition into the MCU, it's going to be Deadpool. Right. And can you imagine at the end of a Deadpool 3 what they'll do to move Deadpool? And I mean, how funny would that be? You know what? You gave me an idea, though, because if they said, look, we're going to move all of these characters forward. If this is a gigantic hit, which I think it's going to be, hopefully, I don't know, maybe the movie's horrible and we're all wrong. But yeah. if it's successful, as we all feel like it's going to be, and what the trailers seem to be pushing us towards, like, this looks like it's going to be a laugh riot. Hopefully it's got that heart. And then I'll want to see an X-Force movie. What if they made an X-Force movie in this Dangleverse, but then Deadpool moves into the MCU and they call it Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, and it's just basically the third movie is him getting to interact with all of the MCU characters and killing them. I know it's just an idea, but what do you think? Is Deadpool 3 going to exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Amy? Oof. Uh, that is a big question because it relates to the next thing we're going to talk about. Like, yeah. uh, I, Deadpool is, uh, for me, probably the only character that could arrive from the Fox first person intact because you can play Deadpool as a guy with like that everybody else just thinks is crazy because he remembers a whole different version of events right like mm-hmm. that's yeah. a very Wade Wilson thing to happen um and so it, it does seem in the realm of possibility that that would happen and they they in talks they've said you know we could have an already brand like the problem is Ryan Reynolds wouldn't probably agree to this but like you he would fit in with the Marvel Netflix verse um, you would want the like big splashy things like that, so you'd have to make I don't know I don't know how you would manage all of that. Right. But if anybody makes it through, I think it's him and not the rest of X Force. What do you they- think, Jason? Um, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see Deadpool three, but it will be separate because I think they're going to complete that trilogy. Um, although Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, I completely forgot about that book. Is such a great title. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see them pulling everybody in if they did it. Like it would probably be you would probably get like Anthony Mackie and maybe Sebastian Stan, and that's about it. Really? Uh, um, well, think about no, it. Because imagine how hard scheduling was on Infinity War. They're know, not going to schedule those people for Chris Deadpool Evans, three. Even if Captain America dies in Avengers three or four, and you told Chris Evans you get to be Captain America. This is like an alternate universe version, but Deadpool's going to kill you. You get to hang out with him for one day. A one day shoot. Chris Evans is in. Like, give me that three million bucks. I don't son. know. I don't, Everybody's I don't, getting not money. Not for a Deadpool three movie. No, I don't, no, right. no. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to pull out all the stops to make the crossover movie Deadpool three. Well, I, and also it we don't know about money. And also Ryan you know? Reynolds might not want that either. Ryan Reynolds right. might be like, you know what? I'm going to finish my trilogy, and then boom, we have the perf- We have another great comic book trilogy which is something that we don't have a lot and you know what they did do these reshoots with the knowledge that fox is being bought by disney so i'm expecting a lot of jokes we already got a couple of thanos lines Mm -hmm. in the trailer i'm expecting ryan reynolds on the cutting edge rocking some jokes that all the insiders are going to get so let's talk about some inside news fox x-men dark phoenix is the last in line to quote ronnie james dio before phase four (laughs) yo 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 last in line so so what's going on with these x-men movies i mean can like, we start by just clarifying? This was somebody said that they heard this at a speaking engagement this weekend. Yes. Okay. These are these are not a confirmed rumors. These are simply rumors. So there's no <laughs> confirmed anything really when it comes to any of this kind of stuff, other than that we do know that X Men: Dark Phoenix and New Mutants were punted into next year. So cut to the end of 2017. Little John Schneppy was so excited. I was like, I get three X Men movies in one year. All excited about it, and then cut to the next year. Now, 
you could say one thing, I was over the moon because Fantastic Four is returning to Marvel and all those characters are returning to where they should be in the proper place and with the proper creators that should have the handle on those characters differing a little bit with the X-Men, especially with Deadpool and especially with some of the R-rated content after seeing what they did with Logan, which is when I say what they did, which they didn't do anything. They just let the filmmakers make the films. That's the freedom that Fox allowed. The people in charge of Fox necessarily, I'm not congratulating them in any way, shape, or form, so let's just get that straight. What I am saying is thank you for letting these filmmakers make the films that they wanted to make and not interfering and getting out of the way. That's the way... Good producers actually should be. They should let the talent make what they're, they, they got hired to make. So um, not going any further, but Dark Phoenix, we've got Simon Kanberg, who's been involved in superhero films for over a decade, even wrote the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie, The Last Stand, which was horrible. So, I mean, this was sort of like his like chance to get a do-over, like, do, do, just don't fuck it up this time and do it right. Oh, and guess what? You get to direct it, too. So you wrote it, you're producing it, and you're directing it. So I have... I was 100% and still am 100% on board for Kinberg to get that shot to tell his vision of what he wants to say with Dark Phoenix. Like, nothing will ever take away the original Claremont Burn run of Dark Phoenix. I got it. So I don't really care what the movies are, to be blunt. I don't care if they suck or if they're great because I go back to the original comics and that is where it awesomely shines for me. And it's never going to change. It's the same comic. I just get to re-experience it as I get older. So... What are we going to experience with Dark Phoenix? I know I went into a bit of a rant and a, a tangent, but fine. Dark, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix <laughs> getting pushed off into next year. And then New Mutants supposedly coming out like six months later. So it's a double question, really. What is Dark Phoenix? Are they changing Dark Phoenix's shoots to make it end? Because all of us had heard that Dark Phoenix was part one of two. We heard it was a two-part film, series. It was going to be a two-parter, and was it going to end with a cliffhanger? Now, no one at all has talked about this. We're going to break it here. Dark Phoenix, I personally feel, was shot with a cliffhanger, and it doesn't work, and that's why they're doing these extensive reshoots because they have to do it as a one-and-done. you got to wrap it up, son. This is the last X-Men movie before it goes over to the MCU, so you can't make a you know, to-be-continued that'll never come out and will never got, get shot. That's what I feel about it. Outside of the, the sheer chance of it just being a, a massive mistake, and that's why they're doing the reshoots, I started to think about it. I was like, well, maybe they just have to you know, clean it up, so to speak, before Feige hoovers it up and puts it over to Marvel. Let's go with you, Jason. What do you think about Dark Phoenix? It getting pushed? Are they changing the ending? Why are they changing it? I mean, I think you, you said it really well stated. It is one of the worst-kept rumors in Hollywood right now that basically this Fox-Disney deal is basically settled and it's just the idea of when are they going to announce it um there's theories out there that people have even said that we're going to get the announcement this week because everybody sees avengers affinity war and there's going to be one of these characters in that movie and that's going to give it away um i don't know i agree with you um because the extensive reshoots are problematic and they are justice league style reshoots it sounds like uh we've reshot a good chunk of this movie now um I know a person that see, that saw X-Men Dark Phoenix at this cut or whatever, and um, they got to see one of the screens early and stuff mm-hmm. like that, audience testing, and they said it was a pretty 
mediocre movie. It was uh, kind of like it really didn't. Now they didn't say anything about a cliffhanger ending, right? But they did say that just like the movie kind of doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything, and you just kind of finish the movie being like, "Why did you remake Dark Phoenix?" Mm. So I hope that some of the reshoots are to fix a lot of that, to jazz it up. But I think you're exactly right. I think this is going to be the final X Men movie of this universe before whatever Marvel does with it. Now, as a follow up question. You want to answer that and then tell me what your thoughts about New Mutants and what's its future. What do you think about Dark Phoenix? Well, I'm fascinated by all of this because, uh, like, the, 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 the latest I think that we got on, on Disney Fox was that they filed their papers with the Securities and Exchange Commission, right? right? Uh, but if I'm understanding it right, and I'm not sure I am, so that's why I like to ask questions here, uh, they won't know until the middle of next year whether this deal is going through? Yes and, and no. It's I mean, built in that Disney's going to have to pay like two and a half billion dollars if like the deal doesn't go through. It's like look at it this way: like you know, all the lawyer stuff takes so long. I mean, if you ever get involved in the world of Hollywood, you know, I'm warning you right now: it takes forever to get anything done. So it's like literally, you'd be like, "Yeah, let's get going." A year and a half will go by because it's legal paperwork and all these things that you so have. Do to they see. need to have two completely different plans right now? I don't think so. I think the deal is pretty much done because when 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 we heard about it, it was already. It's like the Spider-Man thing mm-hmm. where you're like, "Oh, Spider-Man!" Then he literally we're seeing a trailer for it in two months. Yeah. When we heard about it, they had already been working on the deal. For over a year. Yeah, so, we don't know like how far into it they are. Yeah, these kinds you know? of it's deals. True, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The filings yeah. say that the conversation started in August and everything was nailed mm-hmm. in December. Like they, they have all those meetings on record of like right. how this thing went down. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they weren't floating the idea. Sure, but like sure. that's my question is do you right now, if you're Feige or if you're Fox, do you have two sets of plans or like three sets of plans, depending like if the deal takes long enough, put new mutants out. Right. Because you need you have a movie that's going to be done, and you could release it and get some money back. Let me ask this: yeah. Do we think Feige is at a is at a power position to where he basically could be because he's throwing out these billion dollar movies three times a year that he could basically be like, "Tell me, give me a percentage. Is this ninety percent happening? Is this twenty percent happening? I want to know now." I think he knows one hundred percent if it's happening. I, I don't think he's like they're not. He's not waiting for someone else to tell him. Mm-hmm. I think that that he's part of the deal, mm-hmm. and it's like he's a, he's you know there's only a few people higher up than him, and those are the people who actually own Disney. So it's like he's ultimately the controller of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if indeed Fantastic Four. The rights to Fantastic Four, which I personally feel were on the table over a year ago. After the Fantastic Four movie came out and failed, and then they, they had announced that sequel that you're like, that movie's never coming out. And then they just quietly took it off the books. At that time, the, them quietly taking off the books, those, the property was headed back to Marvel. And that's that kind of thing where you're like, you don't put something on the books, especially when you have to have something in play, like have to have a screenplay or have to have this or have to have this, this thing being in development of some, in some way, shape or form in order to hold on to those rights unless the deal is being made. So I don't think the X-Men were part of that deal. I think it was Fantastic Four. And then as things started to come together and as Disney was like, look, we're, we're launching our own network. We're going to need a ton of properties. We're going to need all those movies. We're going to let's absorb that. So those are, those are the, the way the things I just naturally, if you read the way it's working out, that's how it's going. Will it be done by next year? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, it'll be done by next year. And without a doubt, they've got that war board with all these movies for phase four up on the board. And they're plotting out 2015, 22. I mean, we're talking years in the future. So they've, they're, you know, we're not going to hear about this until we're going to hear about phase four. 
We're going to hear about maybe the first seven movies or the first eight movies, and that'll be in a year, if before. Do you think the fact that they're about to own 60% of Hulu is going to change their plans to launch their own streaming service? Not, not at all. I think by owning Hulu, it's already a, a really cool thing. The, eventually, they'll absorb Hulu into okay. the Disney thing, yeah. but they're going to keep it separated. And just like how Hulu's done those, hey, you can get a month of Showtime for like an extra $3. They're going to do that tack-on, add-on thing. It's just a gateway drug. You're like, mm. oh, I already have Hulu. Oh, you can get the Disney Channel for for three bucks instead of buying it for $10. If you're already a part of a Hulu, you just get that extra $3. Hundreds of millions of people will add that $3, mm-hmm. equaling three to $400 million per month for Disney. That's just there. That's just oh, free money. It's on my dessert after I've already absorbed all this other money. So, I mean, that's just, it's crazy money. We're talking about crazy money. So my last question about all this stuff, Robert, what do you think? How are they going to introduce the new mutants? into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because what they're saying is that Dark Phoenix is the last movie. And what they're saying when they say that is that the New Mutants, even though they've been talking about doing reshoots, they're talking about making an R-rated film, they probably will at least finish shooting the New Mutants and making a cut of it. But will it just debut on the Disney streaming service? Well, here's I want to say a few things. Mergers like this cost a lot of money. And that money is not just sitting in a pot in Disney. It has to be borrowed from banks. They have to have these kinds of mergers financed, which means there's interest payments that begin on day one. You know, it's compounded interest. So it's in the interests of these studios to get movies out as soon as possible to get that cash flow coming back to pay off those loans. Like when we saw them drop a $4 billion for Star Wars, look at how quickly they actually got out The Force Awakens, then Rogue One, then Last Jedi. Now we have five months later, we're going to see Solo. Sure. You know, so they've got that, that is coming back and they can show to their, their uh, investors and to Wall Street, this is our cash flow, this is how much we're making, this is how much dividends we're going to pay our, our shareholders. So when they do these, these mergers, it's not something that's done haphazardly. Sure. It's planned out, like you were saying, on a big board. They know. Yeah. They want to hit the ground running. The one thing that New Mutants has going for it is it's a whole new cast. We haven't seen them before. Right. So what they're doing with X-Men Dark Phoenix is they're taking – it's the fourth movie with this new cast, beginning with First Class, that went through Days of Future Past, that went through Apocalypse. Right. Now it's going to end with X-Men Dark Phoenix. What a great way to go out. Right. The Phoenix Force, however you want to do it. We close the door on the X-Men. It's a nice little bow. But New Mutants, all brand new. New cast, new characters. We don't know who they are. You know, it, it's, if, if you're going to shunt any movie over to another studio to figure out some way to move it into the MCU, what a brilliant, brilliant idea. I mean, right. we had two of the characters. You, you, you've got the, the Stark sisters were both in Game of Thrones Season 8 that's filming. Right. So that's part of the reason the reshoots are happening when they're happening. Right. But... The fact that you have this movie that you've made that presumably is good enough that they're doing reshoots, what a great way, what a great, here, here, MCU, here's this X-Men movie with all new characters, with exciting new young people that are all up and comers. They're all people you would have cast anyway. Right. So here you go. I love that idea. The only thing, the only, it's a great idea. The only drawback to it is PG-13 versus R. Now, Disney proper is not going to put out any R-rated films, period. I don't love this idea because I like I want that movie to be great. I want the cast to be amazing, but I don't want to start importing things into the MCU that didn't come from the team that is running that show. Right. Like, Unless that team has been giving them input and part of the reshoots are 
because I know, but you said it's all the same people you would have cast, and maybe, maybe this is the approach they would have taken, but, like, I love the New Mutants, but I don't think I want them to be the beginning of the new X-Men universe in a form that the MCU folks didn't have any control There is a way, though, from everything we've seen about New Mutants, is that it could be very insular. And even if you do port it into the MCU, Mm -hmm. the only connection is that we see, uh, oh, Stark Industries computer monitor in the background. So that we know, but, like, none of the characters ever cross over. And it's the fact of if... MCU later decides that, like, well, we don't want to touch that New Mutants movie later. Well, we have that one movie, and that's fine. See, but that's... I, I'm not excited about dooming the New Mutants to only existing in one movie. I think it's doomed no matter what they uh, do right now. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's doomed whether it's with Fox or it's doomed with an MCU. Yeah, I think that movie's screwed. Place. I'm sorry. It's but I think that it being <laughs> in a doomed spot is less of a uh, reason for that Marvel to be like, yeah, let's take that movie, like the leftovers from our Fox deal and incorporate it into our universe. They're not going to do that. They're going to start off the X-Men with the X-Men. They're going to start off a movie called X-Men. Or they just literally... They'd make it a non-New Mutants movie. It becomes a horror film about these gifted children. Oh, that's that a they, that, that maybe they're shifting the idea of... See, it, I hate that idea. Uh, it's look, like, I, I, I don't I hear what you're saying. That's like a very either, Hollywood idea. But, but but it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Don't call it New Mutants. Call it the New Friends. They're or whatever specials. Like, yeah. Yeah. The horror friends. Because, right. you know, with, with the way horror is, is doing bang-up business in Hollywood now. Sure. You know, and, and what horror films did was, was something that happened 10 years ago. We saw the female audience mm-hmm. flocked to horror films, which was not traditionally the case. Right. And, and it, it altered the structure of what these movies can be. And The New Mutants is, is, is a teen angst idea that has this superhero sort of shell around yeah. it. All you have to do is take away the superhero shell and play up the teen angst. I'm not I, saying I want that. I want to see a new Mutants Right, movie. I want to see uh, Rasputin, that's the, the sister of, of Colossus. I, want, yes. I mean, the connections yeah. and things like that, that's what makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe so important and cool because it is an h- entire world. And if it's not connected, and if it's a one and done, then I would like to see it the way it's supposed to be done. And just even, even if they're like, hey, we're releasing it on a, you know, straight to video, I just want to see it the way it's supposed to I be I mean, released. the way they took the old Star Wars comics and they are putting them back in print under Star Wars Legends, right. it, it seems... Maybe vaguely possible that they'll be like, we're, we're making an Elseworlds thing now. New Mutants is coming out under that. Maybe. I think it's a horrible branding decision. I don't think they'd do it. I think Feige's got a very crisp and clean idea as the way he's been branding the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. And none of, none of the other things matter. So that's yeah. why I like bringing up Deadpool and X-Force is more important to bring up because he might just be like, no, none of that matters. We're going to re, re our Deadpool, our version of Deadpool. He's become so. the most important producer perhaps in the history of Hollywood. Yeah, no one's had his kind of meteoric rise and run, but for specific reasons. We've right. talked about it for many years now. It's like because he's had so much experience before mm-hmm. he started running the MCU, before Disney bought the MCU, he was running it. So I feel like whatever they're going to decide, they've thought about it way longer than us mm-hmm. on this panel. Sure. So I'm just hoping that New Mutants is allowed to come out the way that we all wanted to come out and not get screwed around too much with so many stupid reshoots that weren't unnecessary or were they? Haven't seen the film yet, so. Let's get into comic books. What well, we all love talking about comic books is the comic book pull list. That's right. So coming out, number. let's go with these <laughs> top five. That's a beautiful graphic. Uh, I'm sorry. That's that right. so good. <laughs> We're all seeing these graphics for the first time, so you know, like, we've got to soak in them for a minute. So number five is Kill or Be Killed. That's right. Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, killing it. Uh, number four, we've got Avengers 690, Mark Wade and Paco Medina doing it. Three, Doom Patrol number 11, Gerard Way and Nick Darrington. I've just been loving the new Doom Patrol. Saga 51, it's on everybody's list. Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. And Thor 706, Jason Aaron, 
My God, Russell Dodderman, I, this, you're talking about movies emotionally moving you. I got teary-eyed reading this. It's so beautifully written. And if you've been following Thor, and the, especially the female Thor, where I was like, ah, you know, at first I was like, ah, they're turning all the characters from one of the, Then you read it and you're like, it makes perfect sense. And it was important. And it was emotionally moving because of the way, I'm not even going to ruin anything for you. And I love spoiling stuff. Read Jason Aaron's run on Thor, especially the brand new Thor. Pick it up. It's incredible. I, and everything he did, even with the unworthy Thor, with Thor having to go through his own transformation, everything comes full circle. And 706 literally had me in tears. I literally, if you want to get emotionally moved by a comic book, read like, even you could, you could cheat like I did, because like, I wasn't reading the entire run. I caught up by reading, like, I think it was like 697 or something. <laughs> so I, and I started reading The Unworthy Thor and then jumped over to this version of Thor. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. The Mangog. I was like, oh, come on. So anyway, it's not even just because the Mangog's in it and he's awesome. But you got to read this. So what, what uh, that, li- that list pops off to you guys? Kill or Be Killed. Kill or Be Killed is so much fun. Again, uh, something I discovered because you took me comic book shopping. I love Kill or Be Killed. And I don't know what's going to happen. You're right. It's a it's a edge of your seat uh, film noir satanic thriller. What do you think? I mean, that's a it's a fantastic list. I've had a lot of folks. I don't know why now, but a lot of folks who were like, "Yeah, I held off on Jane Foster Thor, and it turns out this run is great." And I was like, "Like I've been telling you right? since 2014." <laughs> like, I know Amy has been saying you should be really be picking up the Thor. I was like, "Easy, it's I got a list." Jason Aaron, is, start with Thor, God yeah. of Thunder, and catch the heck up. It's so okay, worth it. it. It really is. 100. percent Amy Dallin is right. <laughs> 100%. Jason, what, what I've been you? reading that run from the beginning as well. It is one of the best Thor runs out there, and it still hasn't stopped. He's still got more. Yeah, yeah like, he's got more. Great. Like, Thor's getting a new hammer. And yeah. stuff. You're like, whoa, what is going on here? Um, but Avengers No Surrender is also, like, probably one of the better Avengers stories in the last five years. Yep. Mm. So Mark Waid is really, like, yeah. you know. And Jim Zub, and uh, there's a whole, it's a whole team. That's what I mean, but weekly yeah. since January. Yeah. I, I love the way Mark Wade like does a run of things, and then he kind of does some other stuff that you're like, oh, okay. He's, then all of a sudden he comes back with like amazing storytelling. He's just a great writer. Uh, honorable mentions: Moon Knight 194, yeah. All New Wolverine number 34, The Terrifics number three, Invincible Iron Man 599, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 30, Venom 165, Hillbilly number nine, Savage Dragon 233, The Prisoner number one, and Exiles number two. I also want to because Jason's on the show. Pick up Jupiter Jet. Issue 5 came out last, last week, week. When, uh, when Ashley was on the show. <laughs> so let's hear for Jason. Like It's a Thank tough you. thing to do an independent comic book, independent comic book creator like Jason and Ashley making their own thing. I got to support it because it's, it's awesome to do your own comic. He loves comic books, and he's got one on the racks right now. Order it. Special order. Go to your comic book store and ask for Jupiter Jet 1 through 5. Get it. The trade comes out in May. May 30th. May 30th. So either mm-hmm. get that trade then. Just do it. Um, Speaking of trades, I want to pimp out a couple right now. Preacher, absolute hardcover, number three. Woo! Superior <laughs> Spider-Man, number one, the trade paperback. Bug, the, the, that's right, we're talking about Bug, baby. Mike Allred's run, the whole Allred family got involved. The son, the wife, the, you know, Allred, they're all doing it. It's an Allred family jam. Bug, check it out. And then Annihilation, Annihilation Volume 2, I would say pick up Volume 1 before you get 2. But two, like Volume 1 and 2 are things you should get, especially if you're an Avengers Infinity War fan and want to see where things might be headed. Hint. Um, but definitely the one that sticks out to me is Preacher, absolute hardcover, number 3. Now, it's a little bit pricey, so save your nuggets to get this thing. 
it's worth every yes. single crouton from Marvel that they pay me with. So that's what I'm saying. Is like it's by a, DC absolutely. By, yes. by DC absolute. Marvel yeah. pays me to buy the DC absolute edition. That's just how my thing works with them. Like it's not trade. It's, it's like I got to get the croutons and then bring that. It's a whole thing. Anyway, what are you guys' thoughts about these trades? Oh, absolutely, Preacher, 100%. Like, I have Volume 1 and Volume 2. They are pricey, but Preacher is one of the best ongoing series of all time. And the greatest thing about the Absolute versions is not only do you get to see that Steve Dillon art blown up, yep. and they make the outside cover kind of look like a Bible, which yes. is neat, um, they reprint all the letter pages in the back. <gasps> yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, they've, they've taken all the original letter pages and put them in the back of every Absolute. And, and reading people's letters about Preacher in the 90s are worth the price of admission alone. Oh shoot! Now I have to get these. <laughs> there because, really, man, it was a it's a it's yeah. it's a blasphemous comic. There were people mm-hmm. that were not. Happy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. great. You, re, letters from Missouri are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blasphemy never tastes so good. Let's get into minor mutations. Check out this graphic. What's up? That's right. Some more <laughs> flavor. It's a radiation nightmare. Um, guess what? Gotham introduces a proto Harley Quinn. Let's take a look at that picture. That's that's the only picture we saw so far. It's a Harley Quinn. Uh, got the little Harley Quinn activity going on. We don't know if it's Harley Quinn or not, but we do know that they introduced the Joker last week, and I kind of liked it in an Elseworlds type of way. <laughs> Gotham is slowly growing on me like a weird, creepy barnacle that I can't get rid of. It's like, what is going on with this Gotham thing? And then all of a sudden, it's like I started watching it because people were like, you got to catch up with it. I didn't watch all of them, but I watched two of them last week. Sorry if I spoiled it for some people. People were like, I didn't know it was a Joker. Yeah, well, sorry, I'm on the Internet. So maybe if you like online, <laughs> other people spoiled it way before I ever said it on this show. So, um, you know, I don't feel bad about it. So what I'm what I am saying is the Joker's in it. Now they're talking about Harley Quinn. When is, you know, we're going to talk about this for the you know next few months. But we've got a season five coming out, which is supposedly supposed to be off the chain, like complete reboot. What are your thoughts about a proto Harley Quinn? I mean... It doesn't really make much sense when the Joker's not really around, but okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't watch Gotham. I'm now thinking that we're going to get Batman Beyond introduced into this show because they want to introduce everybody before Batman. Um, Again, I like to think of Gotham as the prequel to the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. And when you think about it that way, it sort of works. It does in a a, a, a little bit. But definitely... It's it's better than the Joel Schumacher Batman, <laughs> so I will give it that. I mean, definitely check out the last two issues or the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. They're on Hulu. They're, they're available for free if you have Hulu, and also not part of the D- Disney takeover next year. So, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still not caught up on Gotham. I I guess there's no reason if you're gonna bring in the Joker, like there's no reason you can't start filling out everything else. Right? Maybe that'll just be what it'll be. Everybody but Batman. Right? Everybody but Batman. What do you think? Look, I, I think in Gotham, everybody that's ever been in a Batman comic can be in. When's Batmite showing up? <laughs> I want Bathound. Oh, Ace you know, the Bathound should yes. be in there. You know, just wearing little yeah, Ace the Bathound. Director David Leach says Deadpool plays in all of the Marvel universes. So his feeling after directing <laughs> Deadpool 2 is he was basically saying, look, you know what? Deadpool is the ultimate crossover character. So I have no concerns about Deadpool 3, whether it's in a Fox universe, whether it's part of the Dangle universe, whether it's part of the MCU the dangle universe, universe, the Dangleverse. So, you know, what do you guys think? David Leach, he says all cool. universes. I, you know, great. Bring it on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sometimes does and doesn't fit in the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe, right. too. So, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could easily see that happening. Um, no? It's pretty much 
much in line with what we were saying. Yeah. Like, that, you know, if he is the lo- sole survivor of the Fox universe who makes it over, then, like, that's very Deadpool. I and love that sounds it, yeah. like that's what he's commenting on, is yes. that, like, he's the one character who you can just be like, yoink, here you are now. David Leach totally agrees with us here on Heroes. Matt Reeves reveals his ultimate Batman comics. He said Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Ego. Of course, he said Year One, but those three are the ones that stick out to me. He said a bunch of comic books. But when you mention Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and specifically Darwin Cook's Ego... Now, a lot of people might not have heard of Ego. Go buy that comic book right now. Like, stop watching our show. Turn our show off. Get on Amazon. Just kidding. (laughs) Roka's getting upset. Finish our goddamn show. It's almost over. Then go right to Amazon and order Ego. And just watch DC be like, "Hmm, it's weird that a bunch of people order Ego. At least six people better order Ego. Why? Because it's an incredible comic book. And it's done by one of the masters who passed away, unfortunately. But when I hear this, what I hear is someone who loves the detective part of Batman, who loves the character of Bruce Wayne and the fight and the battle inside of being Batman. So for me, I feel like that is something, why he threw away Ben Affleck's script and Jeff Johns' script is like, that's not the Batman I'm making. I'm going to make a much more psychological version of Batman. I'm going to make a much more detective-style version of Batman. And a film noir version of Batman is what I'm seeing Matt Reeves, his approach. What are your thoughts? Start with you, Jason. Um, I think it's great because um, a detective mystery Batman movie is the Batman movie that we have never gotten before, and we really need it. So I, I like that he's doing his research. And Matt Reeves is a very character-driven writer, so I appreciate and hope that we'll get some nuggets, some nice little tastes of yeah. each one of these stories. What do you think, Amy? Uh, I think I want it to mean what you think it means. The, the list... Uh, I, another way to read it is that those are classic runs, but like they're ones that, having done this myself, they're very easy to hand to folks who might get intimidated by being like, "Oh, I really want you to read issues seventy-five through ninety-four of this." Blah blah blah. Like they're they're relatively accessible because they they stand alone, right. uh, and visually they're going to appeal to a director with good taste because Tim Sale and Darwin Cook both have these incredible sort of throwback styles. Yeah. Uh, but I I also choose to believe that you are right. And it means detectiving. What do you think? Look, I, I think what you said is exactly true. We have not received or we've not ever seen the Dark Knight detective. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've wanted to see. You know, we don't need this idea. Same with the MCU. Bringing the films back to, and stripping them down doesn't mean people aren't going to go see them. Right. You don't have to have some apocalyptic finale. You don't have to have what they did in The Dark Knight Rises, right. even though I, I have a soft spot for that film as many plot holes as there are in it. I want to see Batman as a character study. If you give somebody a great character, Batman or not, but especially Batman, and show us and get us invested, that's what audiences want for movies. All they want for movies is great characters with great stories. They don't have to have massive explosions and incredible special effects for people to love them. Yeah, I agree. You know, at at their core, they love the people. And and Bruce Wayne is a... And Batman is a conflicted soul, but make him a badass detective. Yeah, we want to see a newer version of Batman. We want to care about why this character is Batman. I think that's what he's going to do. Let's rock through these last five really quick. Too many Avengers Infinity Spots. There's no more time left. Do you think we've seen too much? Jason? No. Amy? Not yet. How about you? Oh, come on. All right. Well, we're gonna <laughs> but see I don't want to see anything more. I know. Yeah. I'm not watching any yeah. more of the spots. Somebody, don't watch any more of the spots. Somebody was like, there's some spoilers in the newest. Stop watching them. <laughs> That's all I can say. Stop. Watch the movie. It's coming out in a couple days. Uh, DC and Deadpool trade quips. Now Teen Titans is getting the animated movies getting in the mix. Saying some to go. Cracking on the Green Lantern. What are your thoughts? I mean, Deadpool, Titans, why are they fighting? Who cares? Do you care? 
Uh, I don't care, but the T Titans Go tweet back to Ryan Reynolds was pretty damn funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love their whole thing. Uh, Teen Titans Go. It's delightful. Yeah. Let's promote everybody. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is it? The rising tide raises all ships. I agree. Yep. And speaking of promotion, I'm going to quit. do a quick shout-out to Krypton. You should be watching that show because it surprised the hell out of me, and I thought it was fantastic. Sci-fi channel. And another shout-out to Collider's own Joey Rasul. He's the DP. Did an incredible job on the Ninjack versus the Valiant Universe. You could find that. That's online. They got all six episodes, or a bunch of them would be all done by the end of this week. So you could just watch that those things online, and then go see the Infinity War. So let's three more questions. We got Masters of the Universe gets directors in the Knee Brothers, and I was like, who the hell are the Knee Brothers? They did one film before this. What are your thoughts about Masters of the Universe? Do you buy the toys? Do you care about this, Jason? I care about Masters of the Universe. It's one of those properties that you can't believe that they haven't figured out how to adapt because right. it's Conan the Barbarian meets Star Wars. Yeah. And who doesn't like both those things? I, this is that movie that's like been dangled above our heads for years. years. And I really, really want to get that present, but I, I worry I'll never get that it's present. It's so funny because, like, yeah, hearing the pitch of it's a Conan the Barbarian meets Star Wars with a little bit of Lord of the Rings chucked in. You're like, <laughs> why does this movie not exist yeah. yet? You're like, well, it's based on this toy line from the 80s with muscular dudes. Who cares about that part? What about the thing you just said? Mm-hmm. Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. What do you think? Uh, I hope that the movie happens, and I hope it's great. Uh, the articles about it are hilarious because they're like, here is the latest of mm-hmm. the – everybody's hedging their bets. I will say that if they take too long putting this together, um, I'm just going to be in line demanding that they scrap this and uh, just make more of Noelle Stevenson's she TV show, which is being worked on actually happening right now. Wow, that's um, fantastic. She's the comic book superstar and, and artistic genius Noelle Stevenson is making a she show. So uh, that's kind of where my heart is right now. Definitely. She-Ra, She-Ra. Yeah. If you don't love Masters of the Universe, check out some of those cartoons. They're a lot of fun. Man at Arms. What's up, Robert? Bring it on. You know, I read a, a He-Man screenplay, I think, called Grayskull, maybe right. a decade ago. That was a great script. I'm like, why didn't they make that? Why was it called Grayskull? Were they trying to be all like Greystoke Tarzan well, or something? Well, it was. It yeah. was like, but it was very hardcore. It was very <laughs> in the wake of Lord of the Rings. It was really, really cool. I mean, look, I remember buying the day Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan opened on June 4th, 1982. I went to KB Toys and bought the first... I saw the He-Man toys on the, on the rack for the very first time, and I bought the whole range. <laughs> you know, I got He-Man and Man-at-Arms and Beast-Man, and I, I'm like, yeah. and Skeletor. I was like, right. I don't even know what these are, but they looked cool. I'd never seen figures like that. There's a great documentary series mm-hmm. on Netflix all about the origins of He-Man. I highly recommend watching it. It's very entertaining. I almost worked on a He-Man animated show when it was like in between. I almost did it for a web company where we were going like to just do a, a, like a Frank Frazetta style, like super hard sci-fi, ultra-violent <laughs> He-Man. I was like, I'm 100% in. And they were like, no, now we can't do it. So that's what happens in Hollywood, kids. Zack Snyder's DC Universe was going to be five films. It was revealed by Jay Oliva, one of the directors of a ton of different animated uh, mm-hmm. DC films, including The Dark Knight Returns. He was working with Zack Snyder, and he, he let us know. He didn't say what the fifth film was going to be, but it was Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Just League 1 and 2, and then there was a fifth film. What are your thoughts about Snyder's unmade universe, Jay? Um, that, that, that's the one <clears throat> sad thing about the whole situation is that um, you do kind of see, once you see Justice League or the, 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 the corrupted, weird, piecemeal version of Justice League that we got, that you do kind of see it as an arc for Superman. So like, it's, it, right. it is my prediction that that final movie was probably going to be the other Superman movie. Yeah, it was going to probably Man be called Superman. Two, Last Sun, yeah. whatever you're going to call it, Man of Tomorrow. Right. Um, so like, when, once you hear that, you're like, oh man, I would have loved to have seen that character arc. The problem is, is that you know, we bungled it before we ever 
got to movie two. Right. So, we didn't. Uh, they did. What well, do you did, think, Amy? I, I am curious what the fifth movie would have been. <clears throat> I, like, after two Justice Leagues in a row, like, what he would want to be his final statement on it. Um, I wonder if that could have been his, like, his, like, New Gods thing, like, I, I don't know. I think, no, you're on the money. I was going to say it's probably number five was New Gods because he started introducing the Steppenwolf character, which nobody knew who the hell that was, to have the second movie be all about Darkseid. You would have introduced Orion. You would have introduced Mr. Miracle. He would have introduced all of those characters, and then he would have had this new myth- mythology to play with. But I also don't argue with the fact that he might have returned to Superman. Yeah. What do you think? No, I think you're probably exactly right. What, what bothers me the most is that there was a plan. There was a plan in place. And it, it's like I don't get, you know, having worked at Warner Brothers, having worked in feature production for over a year, I saw how the studios make movies. And these are plans that are made, and, and there's no reason why they were interrupted. You know, they, somebody has second thoughts. But these, this is a process that moves along, and people are watching it every step of the way. And these mistakes that DC, that Warner Brothers has made with Suicide Squad, with Batman v Superman, with now Justice League, are inexcusable mistakes. And they've cost their, I mean, Suicide Squad made a lot of money, but Batman v Superman should have made a billion dollars, and so should Justice League. And there's people that, at the studio who are responsible for making those bad decisions. Yeah, horrible bad decisions. Hopefully that's over with, and we're going to get some cool movies with Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman 2, and the future. What I don't know what else. What else? There, there's 40 other Friggin movies. Birds of Prey. And Birds of Black Prey. Hawk. Yeah. Brother Power Black the Hawk. Geek. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Friends. Power the Geek. Swamp Thing. What's happening? I'd love to see that one. Hey, our last one is James Cameron wants Avengers fatigue to oh. happen. I don't know why I, I wanted to end it with this one. I actually didn't. <laughs> I wanted to do Twitter questions, but we ran out of time. All I'll say really quickly about, you know, we covered a little bit with, uh, you know, Terminator's fatigue. He's a guy making sequels, and he's complaining about the other other companies' sequels because it's like all these superhero movies are taking over movies, this and that. I'm like, hey, guess what? I watch regular movies too. I mean, so do other people. Like, A Quiet Place was number one this week after after it came out two three three weeks ago. It was number one. Then Rampage came out and took that spot, and then word of mouth got Quiet Place back to number one. That's not a superhero film. It's actually, if you want to say, it's a horror sci-fi film is what I would classify it as, and it's about a family. And it's like, I don't have any kind of fatigue whatsoever because we live in this wondrous world where there's a million different possibilities, not just in the cinema, but on television, outside of just regular TV and Netflix and Hulu and all these kinds of, like, we're watching 10-hour movies now. So for someone like James Cameron to come out and just be like, come on, guys, it, I he was trying to be jokey about it, but sometimes his bitterness just doesn't come out jokey. He's, he's got to take some more sugar pills or whatever. It's like, you got to coat that shit a little bit better, dude. Cause it's like, you're making four avatar sequels. Maybe we're sick of the blue people. I mean, it's like, do I have blue people fatigue? You can't even get the movie done in 10 years. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying that stuff, even though I just said it, what I'm saying is like, <laughs> you shouldn't be cranking on Marvel. They're actually making good films. And the thing that, that kills me the most is how he said it. He was like, it's all these, these, Super, you know, gonoidal, hypogonoidal dudes with no families running around and killing each other. It's like, I don't, I don't recall that really. I remember T'Challa had a dad who was murdered. I weep every for sing- family. Every single one of these characters has been about family or, 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 or protecting what's important. Like here in America, Captain America fighting for virtues and morals. And I mean, it's like, I just don't get it. What are your thoughts? Let me go to you, Robert. What, what would you say about James Cameron's bitterness? And overall, not even as a reflection of James Cameron, we could let that pass. But like overall, when people are like, I'm, some, I'm sick of this superhero stuff. I hope, I hope there's superhero fatigue. What would your answer be? I'm a huge James Cameron fan. 
I don't understand. I think Avatar is a monumental achievement. I don't care what people say. It's like Fern Gully. No, it's not. If you look at it, it's one of the most astonishing achievements in filmmaking technology. I agree. I think it's ever, ever, ever done. Titanic. Everyone's like, nah, it's going to fail. No, it didn't. You know, you look at what James Cameron did with, with Terminator after mm-hmm. working at New, uh, New World Pictures. You know, hey, he, he worked he on this movie right cr- here. created that. He designed of- this ship. Galaxy yeah. of Terror. He designed a spaceship based on the human reproduct- uh, the female reproductive system. Yeah. Amazing. But and the guy, is, he's done the R&D for the entire, for all of Hollywood. I mean, the, 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 the T-1000 came out of what they des- designed for the Abyss. James Cameron's awesome. Why he needed to say this kind of bums me out that he would say something like this. But the man has never done anything but deliver great entertainment for all of you people out there. So... I don't know why you had to harsh my mellow. Right. Especially this week. I know. Well, you know, I just look at it as like, hey, man, it's like some people are just bitter. What do you think, Amy? Uh, he's entitled to his opinion, but if he, with the rest of his statement saying there's other kinds of sci fi films, it might. Like, if I'm going to micromanage some stranger's uh, statements, maybe it would have served him better to say, I'm really excited that films like Annihilation got made and I want to see more yes. of that. Like, yes. maybe plug the things you want to see in the world. But, you know, you, people get to talk. It's right. Amy, right you're far more positive of a person than James Cameron. What do you think, Jason? I'm just going to say, uh, Mr. Cameron, because I know you watch Collider Heroes. Um, I respect your work. I love The Terminator. Um, stop being bitter that you didn't get to make a Spider-Man movie. Oh, that's a good one, man. So I'll, I'll close it out by saying... Thanks, James Cameron. I'm looking forward to Tim Miller's Terminator because I know that's going to be awesome. And I hope to see you in the theater when we're all seeing Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4, whatever that's called, Moonraker. I don't Avengers know what it's going to be. Um, and we've been watching 238 of Heroes in our brand new blue universe. I'll see you next week. Or actually next Monday. Or next Wednesday. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around but we might be a little partial anywho pick up any nap automotive battery and save 25 bucks do it yourself or have it done for you that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores and napa auto care centers while supplies last offer ends 831 20 stay chico pit bull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 